Are you enjoying the fall? And enjoying all the colors? I mean, this has been really a vibrant uh, fall. I'm driving down the street and I want to stop, you know, and look at that tree and that uh, bush. It's just so vibrant, so cool. Um, that uh, I, I, I teach some, I'm from the Midwest. I mean, anybody else from the Midwest? So I, I would love to tease you guys because I've been here for 34 years. So I'm I'm a Northwesterner now. But uh, how North, uh, people in the Northwest talks? Oh, it's gonna change. It's gonna get bad now. It's gonna rain from now till who knows? It's like, and then God shows us a nice day and kind of it's beautiful. Yeah, just go <clears throat> in about February. Go to Illinois for about a week, and then you'll come back and you'll just kiss the ground of the Northwest and how nice it is here. It's just so wonderful to be here. Yeah. Yeah, Greg's driven through it probably. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, last week again we had these wonderful ladies come and share their faith stories. Isn't it amazing to hear stories like that? How God changes people's lives. When I think about that, in some ways, I I don't even know how to relate their faith stories because that's not me. But it is my brother's story. I have a brother who's that's his continual story. He loves Jesus but struggles with his his issues. And it's an ongoing uh, thing, even this last week. And I, my heart's broken for, for him. Maybe you have some people in your extended family. But for you and I, um, you know, what does faith look like on an ongoing base? I can see the radical change. Maybe you had a radical change in your life at one time. But most of it's, it's not that way. It's, it, how do we have this continued um, journey of faith? How do we actually live by faith? One of the things you can be sure of that everything's going to change, right? It doesn't change overnight, but everything's changing all the time. And I think about how we can react or interact with that. But every day there's something that changes for good or not. When that happens, what happens? Sometimes we stress out, right, when things change. Sometimes we uh, react. Sometimes we actually protest. But where does faith hap happen in the middle of life when it changes small or large. So I, we're going to talk about faith, uh, Abraham. This will be kind of the last of our series of Say So. Um, and in the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about uh, about really the vision and, and, and some of the heart of our church, not the details, but just where I, I think God is uh, directing us to go in the future. Um, so when I talk about faith, Sometimes we, we think, I just need to have more faith. Have you ever said that to yourself? I just need to believe harder. I need to, I just need to get a grip. Um, and what I like about Abraham, he's continually used in the Bible as an example of faith. But if you really look at in Genesis 12 through about 17 or 18, it's not so simple and it's not so easy. We epitomize people that, oh, he has great faith. But Abraham had great faith, but it wasn't simple and it wasn't easy for him. And there's so much human about them. I'd like to just talk about the humanness of a man that has great faith. So this man, um, you can imagine perhaps that here's an old man and an old woman called Abraham and Sarai. Eventually it was Abraham and Sarah, and they're longing for a child. And they don't, they're, they're childless now. And you can, you can understand their, their anguish that they have. Abraham was pretty rich for that time. So where's the, where's the inheritance going to go? Where's the money going to go? It's going to go to his servant. 
So everything he hoped for, this is his retirement plan, by the way, his kids. Um, don't, don't plan on that, by the way. Um, he, he, everything he hoped for was going to be in his children. And he was looking forward and hopeful, and they, and they just still didn't have a child. Now, you might not have that longing, but all of us have something that we hope for, we long for, and sometimes we don't see it. And that's where we need faith. Faith. Abraham and Sarah, they were good people. They were God people. They were people that had hopes and dreams, and they were so human, just like you and I. The first thing you read if you go to Genesis 12, we're not going to park there today, but Genesis 12, God sends Abraham out. And I said, I'm going to send you to a place you do not know, and I'm, you're going to move from here where you're comfortable, and I'm going to send you out to a place that you do not even know where you're going yet, to a new land. I often wonder when God told him to do that, did Abraham question God? It doesn't say. Did he and his wife have a discussion? What do you mean we're going to leave our house? This is my home. We're going to go where? How many of you like to get in your car and just go somewhere? and just You don't care. You don't have to have a destination. I'm kind of like that. I love my wife, but she's not like, so she can't know where we're going. I just was taking a drive. Where are we going? I can imagine Sarah and Abraham, she's going, where are we going? Well, I don't know. Is this a permanent vacation? Do we go back? I don't know. But it, all the Bible says was that he just went. He got up. He picked up his family, which is probably a little extensive. He didn't have children, but all his cows and whatever his sheep, and they're all mooing and they're all going. Here's the thing. He had to give up what he did know to explore what God had for him. Have you ever had that experience where you had to give up what you did know for something fresh for what God had for you? He had to, to learn because God had a big strategy, but God wasn't giving it to him. When I was a, a kid, my dad would teach me chess. And I learned all the, the pieces in the chessboard. And I knew how to make them move, but I could never win with my dad. Why was that? I had no plan. I had no strategy. I didn't know how to proceed. It was just one move at a time. I'd move, and I would not see that this guy coming. He would think two or three moves ahead. I didn't see the big picture until my dad started sharing with me the strategy, that there's actual strategies. There's a way to protect your pieces, and there's a way to move forward one step at a time, having this plan. Abraham had to move only one step at a time. He didn't actually know the Lord's strategy, but he had to trust that one who knew what was going on. Basically, he saw God saw the board, or Abraham didn't. In Genesis 15, 1 through 21, it talks about God showing up a second time to Abraham. Actually, he didn't show up one time. He showed up about five times trying to teach Abraham about faith. He says, here I am. I'm the God that led you here. Now, don't be afraid. He's moving to a new land. He doesn't know where he's going. And don't be afraid. I'm taking you to a new place. Don't be afraid. For I will protect you. And your, your reward will be great. Now, I don't know if 
Abraham was Jewish at the time, you know, he was, they were beginning of it. And how did, how did he reply to God? Did he go, Lord, you've given me all these good blessings. Oh, maybe that's not the right accent. I don't even have a son. How am I going to go? How am I going to do this? I don't even have a son. What am I going to do? That's Italian, isn't it? I don't know. And God says to him, it's the most unique thing, and this is real, I think it's very important. He said, look up. I met a lady this week, and she has a license plate, and it's looking up is her license plate because she always wants to be focusing on the positive. Look up. Look at the stars, Abraham. Can you fathom those stars? Can you, can, can you imagine how many stars there are there? And there's no lights down here to block it. Look up there. See those stars? That's my potential for you. That's how many. If you can count those stars, that's what I'm going to do. I have a great nation I'm going to create out of you. I would like you to look at those stars for a while. And somehow those, that, that, that vision inspired something in him. I don't know if you, when you look at stars, you get inspired by God. Or if you look at something, apparently uh, there's the remnants of uh, a meteor shower going on. It's called Oranid, something like that. Do you guys know what that is? What is it called? Nobody knows. Okay, it's the remnants of Halley's Comet. And you can see it if you stay up really late and move to Nebraska because we can't see it here because <laughs> there's it's all clouded over almost nights. But if we have this, if it's, if it's that way, we would be impressed by that star shower. It may inspire us. He's basically saying, look at my provision, not yours. Faith is not looking at what I possess and my capability. It's looking at God's. If I only do what I, what I can do, God never gets the credit. But if I do things and I'm falling in line with God and there's something that he does through me that only if, if he's the only one that can pull it off, then he gets the credit. But when it comes to change in our lives, we like to stay comfortable, don't we? We want to keep it the same. And God says, no, I have something new for you, something fresh. Actually, it's going to be more enlightening to you if you go this direct, go where I'm taking you to. What does it mean to look up? Are, are we supposed to go around with our heads in the clouds? It's to comprehend and, and think about the awesomeness of God. If looking at the stars does it for you, awesome. But it's to get your heart quiet. It's get your spirits ready and understand God's awesomeness. That he's beyond what you and I can understand. Before we move forward in faith, we have to understand the awesomeness of God. Otherwise, I, I limit myself to what only I can do and manage. Look at the stars, Abraham. And, and behold that I am. And all the glory that I have for you. Now that is an indication of what I'm going to do in your life. To be quiet. I love that Nick prayed about the love of God because many times for me to know that to, 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 to just to look up for me means to comprehend and understand how deeply loved we are by God and how great and good plans that he has for us. He means us no harm. He has good things in store for you. Not always easy things, by the way. 
sometimes very, very hard, but always good, but always good. For me, it's to comprehend how deeply he loves me and how much I can rely on his power and strength to work through me. There comes, I do think there comes times when, when we come to the end of our strength and it's as if the Lord's saying, will you rely on me and my strength to do what you cannot do? Faith is not something we produce. It's where we look. We look up. We look up. Looking up is the first act of faith, to look up. It's the first thing we do. Look up. Comprehend the God you serve. Don't look within. Don't look within your limited resources. Don't look at what you can possibly pull off by your own. What if God wants to do something that is so beyond you and I that it requires actual faith. You know, I've been a pastor for a while, and it's really easy for me to get up here and talk about faith. I've done it many times. Very different when you actually have to do it. Then you know, then you really know that you know that you had to look up and trust him to move by faith. That's when faith becomes real for you. Then something stirred up in Abraham as he looked at the stars he, he, he looked up to God and he just said, and Abraham believed God and it was counted him for righteousness. In the New Testament, Paul picks this up and said, this is the essence of faith. That he believed God and God counted him good in a right relationship with him. This is the turning point of his life. This is what changes everything. Abraham believed God and it was counted him for righteousness. Don't you just love that? But the scripture doesn't stop there. After it says, Abraham believed God and it was counted him that he had a right relationship with God. Abraham says, how can I be sure that I'll actually possess the land? Wait a minute. Didn't we just say that Abraham had great faith? Wasn't he the one that believed God and God looked at him and said, wow, I'm going to give my, my, you're going to be in right relationship because of faith. Sometimes I think we think of faith is something that we're like always beaming with, like believing in God, and there's never a dip. But we're human, right? And sometimes in the middle of our believing, there's still questions. In the middle of our wanting to believe great things, we still analyze, and we, we, we try to figure out exactly how this is going to work. Any of you like that? You get an idea, and then it's like, okay, how am I going to figure this out? And then sometimes that can stall you from moving forward. How can I be so, so sure? He's saying, I believe, Lord, but I just, how can I be sure? What kind of faith is this? This is a faith that doubts? I think Abraham was in his believing, he was asking a question of God. God, I believe you, but I need some, and here's a great word that I'd like to share with you, assurance. I need some assurance. It's one thing to believe in our head. It's another thing to have a sense within our within our being, in our, in our emotions, nothing we stirred up, that we feel assured that God is going to take care of it, that we know that he's going to be there. Something from my head moves to my heart. Last week, I, when we had these ladies come, I, I sat with one of them at a table and we talked, we had some great discussions. And many of them, I think most of them, if you talk to them, they all went to church at one time or had some touch with church. Interesting. How do they get off? How do they get astray? They were just like these young people that we have in our church here today. Something happened. 
One of the ladies said specifically, she says, I went to church and I heard about God, but I didn't know him personally. It was like God was out there or God was for the big people, but God wasn't a person that I could know. She needed to know an assurance in her own heart that she had her own relationship with God. It was a difference to hearing about it. Any of you raised in church like that? Right. It's, it's good up here, but it hadn't gone to you really feel assured that, you know, you know, I think this is what Abraham was asking. God, I, I, I know you. I've heard of you, but I need to know you. And I think this scripture passage is pivotal for his life because he began to know the God he claimed allegiance to. Assurance. Assurance is something we need when we make everyday decisions that we know we're assured that God is with us. So last week I shared with our class, uh, we're, we're going to take a pause, by the way, if we're not going to have an adult class this Wednesday. But if you want to join the youth and dress up, you're welcome to come. Yeah. That, yeah. Gotta, you have to dress up. I won't let you. Uh, and I, I shared with them, you know, so many times we, 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 we say we believe in Jesus and we want him to work in our, in our everyday life. But it's, it's different when we actually have to sense him with us in everyday decisions. Some of us, you've had those kind of pivotal times, spiritual moments that are just indescribable. But for everyday life, everyday minute by minute, to know that he's with you is a powerful way to get the assurance that God is there. Look up was the first thing that... Abraham teaches us about faith. But even later on, he still wasn't the most confident man in his faith. Actually, when God showed up and shared with him a vision that he had for him the second time, he thought it was a joke. Genesis 17, Abraham bowed down to the ground, but he laughed to himself in disbelief. How could I become a father at the age of 100? Anybody here 100? How could, how could I do, how can any life come out of this body? How can I, Sarah and I have a baby when she's 90 years old? Abraham cannot see the promise. So did his wife. His wife said something interesting. There were some visitors that came and they said, about this time next year, you're going to have a baby. And Abraham, we're old at this time, and Sarah laughed silently to herself in her tent. How, and she says, this, how could a worn out woman like me enjoy such pleasure, especially when my master husband is so old? But God has to say so. The Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Here's the thing. Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return this, ne uh, this time next year. And Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid and denied it. See, I didn't laugh, but the Lord said, no, you did laugh. I wonder how long that went. <laughs> In the middle of the chuckle, the seeming ridiculous word of God, God says, is there anything too hard for me? Nothing is too hard for God. So the first movement of faith, or thing I learned about faith from this, is to look up. That God's plans are much bigger than yours. Even if... Even in the longing for a child, God was, I believe, trying to teach Abraham 
I will give you this child, but I have a higher purpose for this child than you do yourself. In fact, this really isn't your child. This is going to be a whole new nation that I'm going to establish on this earth, and they are going to represent me. Let go of your dream, Abraham, because I have a bigger dream for you than even what you have for your children. Second thing is faith happens when you don't even understand. I like to understand things before I move forward. The Bible said that in, in uh, reflecting on us in Hebrews 11, it was by faith that Abraham obeyed God when he called him to leave home and go to another land that God would show him in his, in, as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. Faith happens when you don't understand. And here's a really powerful thing that the Lord had shared with I heard and the Lord shared with me. Obedience comes before understanding. I want to understand and then obey. When God prompts me to do something, I want to know that I can do it before I obey him. And he says, obey me first. I want you to obey me first. So when God asks me to be generous with my time and my abilities, my talent, he said, obey me first. I'll take care of this. Obey me first. Do what I'm calling you to do. Obedience before understanding. Clarity comes after faith. The things we, we do have the Bible to help us understand. It's often the things that we do understand about the Bible that we don't obey. Sometimes I want, I want to know a big deal about God. And God says, have you done this first? Have you obeyed my Bible, what the word of God says? The word of God is not something you pick and choose because some of it makes sense to you and I think I'll obey it. It's like you choose to obey it, then he'll reveal to you why. If everything that God says is just a, like, I'll take it or leave it, it's really hard to get any kind of Clarity for your future. First, 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 first obey, then you will understand. There's a mystery in, in the parts of our life that just don't make sense and never will. Life and death, faith and doubt, pain and joy, they all come in pairs. And life doesn't always make sense. But it's in the middle of this that God will work. It's in the middle of this that we can have faith. Abraham struggled with how God was going to pull this off. Did you ever ask, how is God going to do this? Later you'll understand. Don't we say that to children? Do we, let's say there's a five-year-old right here, and you're, you can explain the child. The reason why I want you to pick up your toys is because later in life, you're going to need these skill set to be successful. And, or you'll get married, and your husband won't really, really appreciate it if you don't pick up your toys. Or, or be, we come from a long line of people that pick up their toys, Grandma, grandma, and so I want you to know that we're a pick up your toy kind of person. Do we explain that to the child? We say, pick up your toys. Why? It doesn't matter why. You just pick them up. We ask a child to, because they're not ready to understand it before. They're not understand. There's some things that we're not ready for. And maybe having a childlike faith is not a bad thing. Maybe that's the way we're to operate all the time. Lord, I'm going to trust you. Like uh, Romans 8, the message version says, I want to wake up expectantly, Lord, and say, what's now? what now, Papa? What now, God? To wake up every day. What now, Father? What are we going to do? I, I don't know, but I'm going to trust you one step at a time. 
So faith sometimes is, happens when we don't understand. The last thing is faith takes time. I grew up in a church where it felt like I was supposed to have faith right now to do the greatest, most miraculous things. Because if I had faith like the pastor or the evangelist or someone else, then I would just see God show up now. And sometimes God does. But faith takes time. Nobody got to be strong in their faith overnight. It takes time. It took Abraham. If you look at the life of Abraham, it was God working through him over time that he built his faith. He didn't become a pillar of faith overnight. He began to move. First, he obeyed God. He didn't quite maybe understand. But did you get that he kind of haltingly kind of wondered, is this really right? He laughed a little bit. He questioned God a little bit. God is not going to, to uh, when you speak to him about your doubts, your concerns, you go, oh, my gosh, I thought he was a believer. Look at what he's doing now. He's questioning my good judgment. God can handle all that. It's, it's in the middle of that that we can still have faith. We might have some need of assurance along the way. We, need, we might need God. Would you just give me a little window to know that it's going to be fine? Would you just show me a little bit? He might need to give it to you along the way. But God will be with us. So first, faith looks up and understand that faith comes sometimes when we don't understand. We have to understand, obey first. And it takes time. Abraham, in, in chapter 15, God gives him a very weird vision. A Abraham questions God one more time. How am I going to know? And God says, I want you to go in and I want you to do an altar to me. And he takes an animal, he puts it on, the, on an altar and offers it up to God. And then Abraham falls asleep. He falls asleep and in his dream, a vision, he sees a, a, a sensor of fire coming between the, 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 the pieces on the, on the altar going back and forth. And then he feels this darkness, he said, and God reveals to him his 400-year plan. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. There will be some darkness in the future. Your, your people will increase, and they will be enslaved, but I will set them free, and I will create a great nation. Abraham was wanting the, neat, the detailed plan, and God gave it to him, but it was bigger than him. This was faith over time, that the faith of Abraham was going to be carried into his children, his grandchildren, his great-grandchildren, his great-great-grandchildren. This is faith over time. Both God develops your faith over your lifetime, but he's also your children, my children, your grandchildren are standing on the shoulders of your faith. When I hear that, I'm, uh, it pierces me and go, what kind of faith am I giving my children? Have I given them a strong enough faith that will that will they'll be able to stand strong in this culture? And not only them, will they be able to have the kind of faith that they'll be able to give it to their children? So the grandchildren grow up to have faith in God. So many times it, it, we, we have children that have faith, but then the grandchildren lose it. For some reason, they move. This, this is what, this is what Abraham, God was giving to Abraham. I want you to have a bigger faith for your life than just this child. I'm going to create a nation, and your nation are going to represent me, and they're going to be people of faith. It's faith for the long haul. Then God makes a promise and says, I'm going to give you the land. I've told you it five times. Just trust me. Trust me. Perhaps the word I began with is a great way to sum up what it means to be, have faith. 
Look up. My purpose is bigger than your dreams. Look up. My purpose for you is bigger than you invented for yourself. Look up changes you, maybe not your circumstances. Look up. Faith happens when you don't understand. You just keep looking up anyway, when it's not clear. Beyond our fears, beyond our doubts. I love this, Proverbs 3, 5, and 7. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding. It doesn't mean not to understand. It just don't lean all on your own understanding. Seek not seek his will in all you do. Then you will, he will show you the path to take. And look up. It takes faith. It takes time for it to grow. You can come out all charged and have full of faith one day and maybe not feel it the next day. Faith is faith for the long haul. In Hebrews, it says, don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember, you're the great reward it brings to you. Patience, endurance is what you need now so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you'll receive all he promised. It's that continual faith that you continue and you never know when is that moment that God is going to fulfill his promise in your life or the lives of people you know. Don't give up too soon. Have faith for the long haul. Look up. So if you were going to remember something this week about faith, this is what I encourage you. Look up. God has something bigger for you than you can understand or imagine. Look up even when you don't understand what's going on. Look up because this is the way of life that God is calling you to.